The goal for this episode is that by the end of it, you'll be able to avoid most non-traumatic injuries. So when we think traumatic injuries, that's going to be in the sporting context, something like getting a tackle or uh, slipping and falling where you have a mechanism similar to what I had with my knee the other day where I landed um, poorly on my knee and strained my ACL and did some other ligament damage. Um, So that kind of traumatic injury where you have a really moment of high impact, um, high load, um, usually in a vulnerable sort of angle or position. These sort of things, while you can uh, strengthen your ligaments, um, improve your like rugby players will do lots of neck exercises so that when they're tackled, they have strong, resilient necks to withstand um, these sort of moments of impact. But generally, um, these traumatic incidents is like not heaps you can do to um, prevent yourself from getting them except for sort of skill-based stuff in your sport or putting yourself in lower risk situations but when it comes to overload injuries which is often what these non-traumatic injuries are called these insidious onset which is basically there's no clear moment of the injury starting rather it's something that um, will come on over time these ones are very preventable um, and there's so much you can do to prepare your body to be able to handle whatever you want to do and so we talked a lot about the idea of specificity in training um, it, two episodes ago and when we talked about the said principle so that's specific adaptations to impose demands meaning your body will adapt to what you spend your time doing so with these with that principle in place we can think about um, adapting our body to be able to handle um, whatever you like now there's the far ends of specificity like i mentioned last time was if you you know, if you want to be the strongest person in the world, you're going to have to do a whole lot of strength and not much of um, anything else. So you'll be pretty, um, you won't be super resilient outside of that strength work. And at the same token, um, if you go the other end of the extreme where you're in just endurance training and maybe a touch of strength here and there, you'll be very resilient to extreme endurance, but not much to anything else. But um, generally, if we can think about what we want our body to be able to do, sports or um, activities that you might want to do, um, then we have a plan in place about what loads we need to give the body to be able to prepare it. Now, when it comes to figuring out that right level, like we've figured out sort of what type of load, so that's the um, specific, like do we want high strength ability? Do we want um, like good muscular endurance? Do you want great range of motion? Um, Do you want ability to withstand impact like you would with running so it's we've figured out what but the how much can be quite tricky and it is often this um, getting the how much load uh, wrong that causes the injuries so that's not to say that again load is bad Um, I like the quote that it's not high load that hurts you it's how you get there so today we're going to be talking about how you get to be able to handle those high loads because as anyone knows that you can Um, watch any sort of sports documentary about people just doing outrageous things like one of my clients who ran across Iceland which is 570 k's um, over the course of like five days or something totally self-supported with their friend Um, you know that amount of loading after having just done a marathon I can't even imagine trying to run that far but you know she got to the other end and she had a bit of a tight calf but otherwise was fine Um, and you know like one of my other patients who squat 400 kilos like if i went today and tried to squat 400 kilos um i would probably end up in a pile on the floor um but because he's he's over time been able to um, work his body up to that he's it's not that high load that would otherwise be 
an injury for one person is totally fine and it's in a training stimulus because there's, there's this idea of the, the zone of adaptation, which is that sort of sweet spot when you think about your capacity that your body can handle. And then if you go just a little bit above that, that's that zone of adaptation where if you give yourself appropriate exposure to it with the right amount of recovery, then that zone of overload can then signal your body to send the resources needed to be able to handle that load better in the future. So the, but then if you go above that zone of adaptation, that's where you get to, um, to injury. Or if you stay in that zone of adaptation too long without appropriate recovery, that's where you can run into issues. So again, it's not high load is essential, but it's just a matter of um, dosing it correctly because exercise is medicine. And if you take the right dose, you're going to have a great response. And if you overdose or underdose, then that's when you can run into um, troubles. So the analogy that I love for explaining this to people is the sink and tap analogy. And now if you've heard me talk on other podcasts, so the um, Sound and Movement Unity podcast, I've talked about the bucket and tap um, a lot, but I actually like the sink and tap even more now. So that's what I'm going to run with. And so the idea here is that every structure in your body, so your bones, ligaments, tendons, cartilage, joint capsules, so every structure in your body will have a specific capacity that it can handle. So it, there'll be that sort of threshold where you, um, if you're around that threshold, you get that zone of adaptation. And if you kind of stay if that size, if we can think about in our head is the size of a sink. So the sink is magical and it can increase if your body adapts and it can decrease if you uh, take time off and or are sick or um, as you get older, if you don't keep training, the size of that sink for every of the, one of those structures will decrease. And so that's an example of like bone mineral density. Um, if you don't continue your training will decrease. So maybe when you're young and you have um, strong bones after lots of impact and good nutrition and everything, your sink for your um, shin bones, for example, might be quite large. So running and, and taking the, and you've been running consistently. So your capacity there is quite high. Um, but then over time, if you totally stop running and um, don't have any impact, like I think the um, advice of avoid impact in older age is just one of the most detrimental bits of medical advice um, that has been kind of commonly given because after seeing uh, working in subacute geriatric rehab and, and the ICU, like seeing the amount of people who had hip fractures just because they had such low bone mineral density is really quite sad. But anyway, so over time, those people who have ended up in that situation, they're um, capacity for um, impact on their bone structure has really decreased. So their bone mineral density has gone down. So their sink has gone from being quite large down to quite small. Now to further this analogy, so the sink is the, the, the capacity, the size, and then the amount of load you put in is going to be how much water is coming through that tap. So if we go for, um, so let's keep on this analogy. So if you go, oh, sorry, keep on this example of running. So if you've, um, never run before um, and then you decide to go out and do the city to surf which is a race in sydney that's 14 kilometers and quite hilly um, then and if you've got a low sink because you've not done any running before then you put on this tap and the amount of load coming in um, will be enough to spill over the top of that sink and that's likely a time that you might get um, injury or at least be in a in a sore way for a while so if we then um, think about that same amount of water so running the city to surf if you've got someone who's a competitive um, half marathon runner um, and they've been training for years so their training age which is a concept i'll talk more about in the um, in the future if their training age so how long they've been doing that similar type of activity is 
quite um, high, then you can imagine their sink for that ability to withstand impact um, in their shins is going to be uh, really quite high. So that same amount of um, water coming out of that tap is not uh, not even going to get to the, um, like it's, it's not going to fill it up at all. That's going to be quite a uh, reasonable thing. Now, obviously, if they're running uh, faster, then that's going to turn on the tap even more. Or if they're running slowly, if they're just trying to, you know, get one of their friends into it and jog along next to them, that's going to be turning on the turning the tap down. So think about the activities you're doing as putting, um, you know, more water into that sink. So it's turning up and turning down um, the faucet so that you change the, the flow of water. So stay with me here on these extended analogies. I think it is quite helpful though. And so the different, that's how I used to describe it with the, the bucket and the tap. But now I really like the addition of having a sink because you've got this drainage hole in there. And a good way to think um, and why that's useful is um, recovery is an essential part of the equation when it comes to getting these adaptations and um, and, I, and again remember if we're in the intensity that could give us adaptations if we go too far that same stimulus could then cause injury so when we've got this um, this drainage hole now that's your recovery so recovery is going to happen just from staying alive so um, being every all the time like you're going to have some level of recovery so everyone's going to have a sink there but when you go to sleep and you get really great quality sleep that's like you're making the drainage hole a bit wider um, having great nutrition so you're supporting your activities with um, first off the macronutrients that um, provide energy for the work you're doing so that's going to be um, you know having enough carbohydrate if you're doing high intensity stuff having enough fat in your diet that you're um, for your low intensity and um, general energy demands and then enough protein to supply um, the uh, structure that is then used to build up and because um, you've got a constant turnover of um, protein and you're, you're constantly using it and um, and breaking it down so if you have enough to be able to support it so that you're a net positive um, protein supply and you can be using that um, to repair and um, strengthen areas so if you've got the nutrition down you've got your stress management down um, then all of those main things around recovery and then you can add in your bonus active and passive recoveries like massage and um, you know other um, like cold water immersion and all those fun recovery things but especially if you get those those big three so the sleep nutrition and stress management if you can get those going then it's like you're making the uh, drainage hole in the sink larger and larger so then you can imagine that you can be turning on the tap more and more and still get away without injury because remember with this analogy that if you're overflowing your sink then that's where you're starting to run into um, likelihood of these um, these overload related injuries so hopefully that analogy is a helpful way to think about things and just remember with the with the tap like you know doing a certain exercise um, is going to be um, uh, you can you can basically have like you can imagine there's going to be lots of taps if you're doing uh, lots of different things and and, and again there, there is also lots of things because as I said it's all uh, specific to the type of adaptation you're afterwards so um, that you're after so for this example of um, you know someone who's uh, you know maybe got a high running tolerance if then they go in and I'm sure you've done this before where you know you feel like you're fit and strong and then you go and try and do um, and then you try and lift some weights um, those same quadricep muscles that are um, and hamstrings that are powering your running um, and are really good at um, and adapted to that running load if you go then and um, you know try and do a hard crossfit session or do a powerlifting training session um, and you really load yourself up the, the same 
um, structure that would have a large sink and be able to handle um, the load of running really well is now not adapted. So it's not specifically adapted for that type of um, exercise that you're doing with CrossFit or running, uh, sorry, CrossFit or powerlifting. So then you're going to have like a whole different sink that will handle load differently. So just try and keep in mind that it is really these specific adaptations and you can't just get um, strong and fit in one direction and, and expect that it's going to be fine in the other. So with how to go from um, where you are to where you want to be. And so in a injury context, that might be that, you know, you've had to, um, for example, with my knee, um, I've really had to under like deload what I'm doing. I'm basically able to do wall sits and that's about it for uh, actually I'm just starting to be able to uh, do a bit more than that for the, but particularly for the first um, week and a half two weeks of the injury I could barely um, you know walk up or downstairs without um, a whole lot of pain and walking in the flat was even quite challenging so in terms of strengthening uh, my strength went right way down so my sink getting smaller so I tried to keep um, the recovery up so the the, um, the drainage hole stayed high so when I did things with my um, knee it wouldn't stress it out too much but um, yeah my the sink was certainly shrinking and I tried to do um, uh, wall sits to keep some muscular activity and strength around that area and isometric calf work um, but yeah now I'm in the process of trying to build up that sink to be able to handle what I want to be able to do again and so yeah I just want the, the takeaway to be like it, it is not high load that hurts you it's how you get there and if you can be um, gradually increasing the size of um, your if you can be gradually increasing your capacity over time it does take time there are certain um, tissue um, healing times and that's also just turnover rate of those tissues so uh, muscles going to adapt faster than uh, ligaments and bones for example and i'll go into the specific times of that in a future episode but if you can have in mind that if you can be if you want to get to a certain level um which is you know if you're training to uh you know run a ultra marathon or a marathon um or you're trying to lift like a PB weight that you've not gone near in years, like you've just got to respect that time it takes and then think about gradually building up your capacity, building up that sink and keeping your the drainage hole nice and open by doing um, all of your recovery work so you can uh, put plenty of um, the load into that system and to be able to handle it without getting these niggly overload um, injuries that can then um, just really put you on that downward spiral of injury. So um, hopefully that takeaway is it's, it's all very clear and if you would like me to explain that uh, further or in a different way please let me know um, but yeah it's not high load that it hurts you it's how you get there so think about if you want to get to that marathon um, you've got to get started early you've got to be really consistent and not peak too early because if you go into that first session and then try and turn the um, the tap up to full blast so you're going training really hard you're um, you know, going for a long period of time, you're training really hard and you turn that tap on and your sink is, you know, at this stage of you're just at the beginning of your training journey, that's likely to injure yourself, particularly if you do it um, a few times in a row and your, and your recovery is not there. But if you can, um, you know, start to give that right amount of loading where you're just sort of brimming at the top and the magical sink gets that signal, you're in that adapt zone of adaptation and you just start to um, increase the size of that sink a little bit, bit by bit, your body will be able to handle um, that and you'll, over time, be ready to do the event or get back to what you want to be able to do. So hopefully that's been helpful and um, can serve as a bit of a blueprint. And then if you kind of combine this with the um, specific adaptation to impose demand that we talked about the other day, you can start to work your way backwards and um, figure out the rehab program that you need to 
go from injured or at this stage of um, a body that can't quite handle what you want to do and then you can um, start to dose all of these um, specific loads appropriately so that you'll be ready to go. So hopefully that's helpful. Hope you enjoyed it. If you did find it useful, um, please share it with a friend or two and maybe give me a review um, wherever reviews are given. And otherwise, um, yeah, I, I'm also, I've got so many topics to talk about, but if there is anything specific you'd like to ask, then uh, let me know. And probably the best place to do that is in the physio um, ADPT Physio Accountability Group and you can find that in the links in the description and in there you can get a daily prompt to do those uh, little things that do build up your capacity that build up um, particularly for if you've had niggly injuries it's a little daily prompt where you get a um, the support to remember to do all these little things that um, really add up over time um, and it's a place where you can yeah directly work with me to figure out what you need and I'm about to sneeze so I think I'm going to end this episode See you tomorrow.